Willie. <laughs> if you cross Rupert Murdoch with a huge plateful of figs, <laughs> in the words of the old song, you get the sun in the morning and you're up all night. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, for one for cinema buffs, if you crossed Cornell Wilde with Humphrey Bogart, you'd get Cornell Bogey. Tim. <laughs> if we cross Van Gogh with Peter Wright, we'd have a right one here. a psychiatrist with Bungalow Bill and you get the listening bonk. <laughs> if you cross the Rubicon <laughs> with Madame Two Swords, you get Ruby Wax. <laughs> you don't want that, but it is curable. Cross a contraceptive with Placido Domingo and you get the condom of the opera. <laughs> If you cross your heart with St. Michael, you get a pair of Y-fronts that lift and separate. <laughs> OK. Very good. This is the point in the show where I get the team's advance warning of the late arrivals they'll be announcing at the end of the show. And this week I'm asking for late arrivals at the Rag Trade Ball. The Rag Trade Ball. Rag Trade. For this next round, I'm going to play in some extracts from speeches by famous people and Giles Brandreth. The team's... <laughs> The teams must then complete the speech. If they get it right, they get one point. If they get it wrong, they get a slap round the head with a wet kipper. So we'll start with you, Willie Rushton. Willie, here's Willie Whitelaw. I was never a very great figure at school. But I was only 38 stone then. <laughs> Graham, here's Prince Charles. One of these days, I shall wake up... Uh... <laughs> And find I've turned into a frog. <laughs> Tim Rook Taylor. Piet Botha. Piet Botha. We are a self respecting country. Because no one else will respect us. <laughs> Barry Cry, here's one for you. Joan Collins. I'm the sort of person who likes all kinds of things. Girl. As long as the batteries are included. <laughs> Willie, Willie Rushton, Margaret Thatcher. If I had ever had a fairy godmother, <laughs> I'd have privatised her. <laughs> Graham Garden, here's another one for you. Cecil Parkinson. There are literally hundreds of people. <laughs> that I haven't laid a finger on. <laughs> well, nearly hundreds. <laughs> Tim, here's, here's Roy Hattersley for you. I've never seen anything like it. It's just a new experience. I've left something on my plate. Leftovers. <laughs> <clears throat> and fi finally for you, Barry, here's David Frost. Oh. Things can go off in almost any direction. That's the trouble with Irish condoms. <laughs> I say, here, we've got a round called One Song to the Tune of Another. Oh, gosh. 
which I've forgotten the rules of, unfortunately, but anyway, we'll carry on. Our singers are accompanied by the Collinsell Early Music Consort. <laughs> Graham Garden, we're going to start with you, and I want the words of cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women to the tune of Hernando's Hideaway. <laughs> Thanks, Humph. Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women They'll drive you crazy, they'll drive you insane Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women They'll drive you crazy, they'll drive you Insane. Now I am feeble and broken with age. The lines on my face make a well written page. I'm leaving this store. How sad, but how true. On women. Graham, you did say broken with, didn't you? <laughs> Simple to hear with this bloke hammering away at the piano. <laughs> Willie, can you give us the words of Oh What a Beauty to the tune of The Sunshine of Your Smile? No. Oh, what a beauty! I've never seen one as big as that before. Oh, what a beauty! It must be to be or even more. It's such a lovely colour, and nice and round and flat. I never thought a mellow could grow as big as Okay, Barry Cryer, the tune is Keep the Home Fires Burning, but would you sing the words of the old bull and bush? Come, come, come and make eyes at me down at the old bull and bush. Come, come, drink some hot wine with me you all know this one down at the old bull and bush 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 hear the little german band just let me hold your Barry in the lead, we'll come to you, Tim, now. The words of We'll Gather Lilacs to the tune of Waltzing Matilda. <laughs> we'll gather lilacs in the spring again And walk together down an English line Until our hearts have learned to sing again When you come home once more Evening by the firelights, glow you'll hold me and never let me go. Your eyes will tell me all I want to know when you come home once more. Oh. 
Our next round is called Bedtime Story. Each team will tell a story signalling our sound engineer to play in a sound effect to enhance the drama. Unfortunately, our technician is wearing headphones and can't hear, so the sound effect may not be suitable. His partner must continue working the sound into the story. Willie and Tim, we're going to start with you. And you're going to tell the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful princess called Snow White. But she had a wicked... What did she have? A wicked stepmother. She had a wicked stepmother who would look in the mirror and say... God, I'm ugly. (laughs) Anyway, one day, Snow White was wandering through the dark forest. Well, in fact, it was a mirror... And she walked straight into the mirror because the forest was behind her. She, t- she turned round, bruised, <laughs> blood pouring forth from her. And she went out into the forest because the, the mirror had told her of this, of this Snow White. Meanwhile, what? in this cottage... Well, excuse, oh, excuse me, this is the, Paris, the palace scene and now we're in the forest. Oh, right. Meanwhile, in the forest... I thought you were on my side. (laughs) In the forest, there was Snow White and seven little men, and they were all going... (laughs) as they were wont to do. Oh, it's your turn. (laughs) Why does Grumpy always flush first? (laughs) He could wait for dopey, doc, happy, sleepy, sneezy and horny. (laughs) Bashful. I ain't bashful. There were eight little dwarves. But That's why he flushed. His Snow White ate one. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in her hideous lair, the vile godmother is preparing an evil spell. She greatly dislikes Snow White. And as she is stirring this enormous bowl with her cat... story. It was a perfect sound effect. Wasn't it good? Enormous bowl of potion that she was going to slip into an apple for Snow White. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dwarfs are going off to work the mines. Hey ho, they sing, and then they go... <laughs> Which is a lot better than the stuff Walt Disney wrote for him. <laughs> Dwarves return to the cottage, they find that silly old Snow White has eaten the apple and fallen asleep in one of their, well, actually, in all seven of their beds. She's spread across the lot and is lying there comatose, making the following noise. <laughs> Alarmed, they ran <laughs> Meanwhile, a hundred years later, plus two or three months, uh, Snow White is under this glass dome, and along comes a prince. He looks and he lifts the dome up. He kisses Snow White on the lips. And then this happens. He had kissed a dwarf. (laughs) But they lived happily ever after.
Well, you certainly put me to sleep. Now, Barry in red. <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood. It's not difficult. <laughs> what did you say to him? Nothing no, at all, son. Right. Right, Barry and Graham. Little Red Riding Hood. Right, a quick version this time. The end. One day... <laughs> One day, Little Red Riding Hood set off through the woods with a basket of goodies which she was taking to her granny. Suddenly, as she rounded a corner in the path... Through the trees, she saw something which made her stop in her tracks. <laughs> Winnie, she cried. <laughs> My old chum, accompany me through the forest. I am afeard. I'm taking a basket of goodies and I've got a hernia because Bill <laughs> Ollie, Graham Garden and Tim Brooke Taylor weigh a hell of a lot. <laughs> to my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> And this is a dark, frightening forest because behind every tree there's liable to be a... <coughs> man with a squeaker. <laughs> <laughs> but, worse than that, little did she know that behind one tree there was a wolf which saw what she was up to and where she was going and so sped ahead through the forest to her grandmother's cottage. The wolf crept in through the window, saw her old grandmother lying on the bed, and immediately... <coughs> what are you doing here, Orville, he cried. <laughs> so, throwing the egregious duck under the bed, he immediately ate Grandma with dire consequences, because suddenly he felt coming on a severe... <laughs> what a carry-on, he said. <laughs> uh, that moment, there was a knock at the door. I'll do it myself. Funny sort of door. <laughs> who's... <laughs> who's there? Said the wolf in a squeaky voice. He explained... <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood leapt through the door and suddenly... It was a glass door and she'd neglected to open it. <laughs> you are my lovely, lovely... It's coming and going, this voice is heavy. <laughs> you I like the short verse and it's... <laughs> You're my granddaughter. That's right, isn't it? I've forgotten the plot. There, that's it. Part two, in which Soames visits his wife, Irene. That's the screen. Little Red Riding Hood said, Oh, what great big eyes you've got, Grandma. To which the wolf, masquerading as Grandma, as we remember, retorted... All the better to eat you with. <laughs> That moment the woodcutter jumped in through the window, alas, too late. The end. <laughs> We're going to play now our version of that hilarious television programme, Blind Date. <laughs> Three of the members of the team will go behind the curtain and Tim questions them to decide which he fancies the most. Ah. Would you three go behind the curtain, please? Oh. I'm not going behind the curtain with those two. <laughs> no, really. 
Come along, Willie. Their private life is their own, but quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Willie. I'm going to pick you. <laughs> right, Tim. Don't laugh at the way he walks, please. <laughs> Leave that to me. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Will you? Yes, sir. Tim, will you choose number one, please? Number one? Are you there? Yes. <laughs> number one. Do you on the first date? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Were you in Blackpool in 1938? <laughs> Mother! No. <laughs> number two. You there? Yes. Number two. How big is it? <laughs> well, I've never had any complaints. Had <laughs> uh, it resprayed. <laughs> and uh, and it's a hatchback. <laughs> right. Uh, number three. Um, what is your view of logical positivism? It's enormous. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's a hunchback. <laughs> Could you be more specific? And I love you. Oh. And I'm desperate. <laughs> Number four. Uh, can you play the piano? <laughs> oh, what a pity. Uh, <laughs> But fortunately, like Silla, I'm tone deaf. No, I'll take the lot and Willie twice, please. Tim, you and me are going to... Oh. Lucky old Tim. Now then, our next game is one we thought we'd just try out. It's called Mornington Crescent. <laughs> And as we had a stalemate last week, we'll be playing Baxter's reverse movement, starting with Mornington Crescent and working back to the start. And the winner is the first one to complete the sequence. We're going to start with you, Barry Cryer. Mornington Crescent. Whitcomb Street. I think you're out of turn. It's reverse, isn't it? Never again. <laughs> right. Never. Circus Piccadilly. <laughs> Retor Seab. <laughs> Dr. That's Bayswater Road. Bayswater yes. Road. Honeywell Street. Cross Kings. I could do Euston. Come on, hurry along, please. Square, Euston Square. Euston Square, yes, I'd do that. New Malden High Street. <laughs> Pal Mal. The Mal. Strand the. Not bad, actually. Yeah. Swiss Cottage. Oh, yeah. Oh, good Grand Garden, the winner. Brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think we did slightly go out of order, actually. Yes, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, have got there, we'd have got there in the end, I think. 
The next stage in the competition is called Bad-Tempered Clavier. The aim of it is to see how much of a song the team can sing when accompanied by a dreadful pianist. And we're very lucky to have Colin Sell with us here today. <laughs> Barry and Graham, you're going to sing the Lambeth Walk. Good, but you lost it a little bit in the middle. Stephen Fry arrangement. <laughs> Tim no, and Willie. My girl. That's all I meant. Nothing else. That's all right. I quite understand. So Tim, order. Order, please. Tim and Willie, you're going to sing some enchanted evening. Just win that one by a short head. Now it's time for Samantha and me to step back. Mind you, if she did step back, she still wouldn't be able to see me. <laughs> so let the teams get on with the announcements of the late arrivals at the Rag Trade Ball. Here's Ian Sideleg. I thought we'd get him out of the way earlier. We usually do. Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Parker and their friend Annie Rack? <laughs> they get worse. <laughs> Like the Duroys and their daughter Cora. <laughs> they do. She's with John Stride. <laughs> the five shilling tailors. There's a modern ring to it. The five shilling <laughs> tailors have now been decimalised in even better value. They're now the three P suit. <laughs> Here's right. a <laughs> Here's a relic of the sixties. He used to measure busts for a very famous designer in those days. He's a sort of quantity surveyor. <laughs> I think the state of the lavatories reveals the last person in there was hardly Ames. <laughs> I 
Revenge at last. <laughs> From Scotland, will you welcome... Oh. Leo Tard and Wally Legwarmers. <laughs> it's John Cleese and his doppelganger. What an amazing pair of long johns. <laughs> Jockey Shorts and his wife, Runt. <laughs> oh, there's Mr and Mrs Macintosh and their sow, Wester. <laughs> Mr and Mrs Odd Your Waste Measurements Gone Up and their son, Mike Odd Your Waste Measurements Gone Up. <laughs> Oh, the oven's blown up. Oh, there's putting on my top hat, putting on my white hat. <laughs> there's that evil, evil crone. Which side do you dress up? Which, which side do you dress up? <laughs> Will you welcome the jeans party? Den, Ims, Levi's and Faye Vauvon. <laughs> They're distinguished-looking fellow. Oh, it's Sir Spender Belt. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Earwear, their son Les Earwear. There's, there's glad rags. <laughs> Good of them to turn up. <laughs> My God, he's wearing a smoking jacket. Thank goodness he's wearing his pumps. Just behind them. <laughs> the famous angler, Herringbone Tweed, who wears his flies behind his lapel. And his little dog, Tooth Check. Hush, puppy. Oh, he's done it. He's easily swayed. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Mind the quality, feel the width, and their son Neville. Surge suit. <laughs> A man's just walked in with Ray Allen in the, in the back of his jacket. He's got a vent in the back of his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? Away from Prague, Prince of Wales. It's Prince of Wales, Czech. <laughs> Maxi skirt and mini skirt, lovely couple. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's very hard to believe that we've come to the end of our show. It's even harder to believe that we should be back again at the same time next week. So from all of us, goodbye. <laughs> Cryer, Graham Garden, Willie Rushton and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Spencer. Yeah.